Welcome to Beliefs of the Heart Weekly Reflection. I'm Sam Williamson, and today we're discussing I was mortified. I wrenched my back last spring. I don't know how I did it, but certain movements sent fire bolts of pain down my spine. I couldn't even lean over to put on socks. It, it felt like shards of glass radiating from my hips to my toes. For three months, I slipped bare feet into comfortable loafers. My mother is 95, and several years ago, she lost control of a couple fingers, which means she can't clip her own fingernails. So last June, she asked me to take her to the nail salon for a trim. As I waited for my mom's technician to finish, the receptionist asked me if I wanted my toenails trimmed. I stared at her in wonder, how did she know? I snuck a peek at my shoes to see if my neglected toenails were slicing their way out like Wolverine's claws. It had been 12 weeks since their last sharpening. Without thinking, I said, sure. She directed me to a row of thrones in the back of the salon. After I eased myself up a couple steps, a technician removed my shoes, put my feet in a tub, and turned on warm water. I asked about the water, and she said it just softened the nails. I thought, do my nails look like they're made of hardened steel? I got distracted by an email, and before my consciousness returned, she had poured scented soap in the water and reached out, grabbed an ankle, and was massaging my feet, even between my toes, with a foot shampoo that smelled like my mother's flower garden. I nervously glanced around for witnesses, and three women sitting across from me, perched on thrones of their own, smiled knowingly. I have never been so mortified in my life. Except for that one time, but I'm not going to tell you that story today, one humiliation at a time. Besides, I'd rather wash yours. There was a time in the mid-70s when foot washing was popular. It was like a spiritual practice. On multiple occasions, a high school prayer group I belonged to celebrated community life with foot washing ceremonies. College-aged leaders washed the feet of a few high schoolers while the rest of us sang songs about knowing we are Christians by our love. One leader approached me and offered to wash my feet. I told him I'd rather wash his. He said that honor was reserved for the college teammates who were leading, not the high schoolers who were serving. I told him to pick. I told him to pick on someone else. The nail technician used a scouring stone to scrape away the calluses on my feet, and she massaged my arches and calves and anointed my feet with scented oils and, and hand-dried even my toes. Then she hacked away at my toenails with a chainsaw. I kept looking around to see if any modern high schoolers was going to publicly post this boomer's mortification to TikTok. I wholly understand Peter's refusal to let Jesus wash his feet. My whole soul was awash in shame. The real heroes. On his last night on earth, Jesus is desperate to express his purpose for coming to us on earth. There are a thousand different things he could have done, from raising an infant from the grave, to freeing innocent prisoners, to preaching a sermon on love. But on this last night on earth, he chose to wash feet. And on that last night, Jesus said, my whole life, my entire life is about one thing. It's not about miracles or doctrine. It's not even about tolerance, which isn't real love. My life is about washing feet. You and I want to 
rescue sex slaves, battle poverty, fetch the broom of the wicked witch of the West to do some great deed here on earth. There, there actually is a resurgence among believers who claim that, quote, Christianity is about washing feet, end quote. But it isn't. It's about having our feet washed. Jesus said to Peter, if you do not let me wash your feet, you have no part of me. Christianity is the spiritual reality that declares our greatest single need is not to do great deeds, but to let Jesus do great deeds for us, to let him be honored, not us, to let him be the hero. It is spiritual fraud to proclaim to the world, I have come to wash your feet when our own feet stink. The nail technician laboring over my Wolverine spikes sensed my abject shame. She said that 25% of her customers are men. Not the men I hang around with, I said. She offered a treatment unreservedly devoted to the masculine world. I asked what it is. She said, come back tomorrow and I'll give you a manicure. In some ways, this story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet reminds me of the story in... I think it's 2 Kings 5, it's 2 Kings 4, 5, or 6, somewhere in there, where a great Syrian general, Naaman, gets leprosy. He wants to be healed. He's heard about this prophet in Israel who can do so healing. So he sends, so he goes down to Israel to talk to the king, say, can you heal me? And the king says, not me, go to the prophet. The prophet doesn't even deign himself to come out and talk to this great general who's probably the prime minister of Syria. So he's a big dude. And... Elisha doesn't even come out. He just says, he sends a servant out and say, go wash yourself in the muddy Jordan. And and the Syrian, Naaman, the Syrian general, is just incensed at this. He says, look at, are not our rivers cleaner and bigger and more majestic than this Jordan? I, 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 why can't I be washed in them and be cleaned? These great rivers. And his servants come out to him and they say, and I quote, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great deed, would you not have done it? And you know, this is sort of all of us. We're we're sometimes asked to be humble. And we want to do some great deed. Fetch the broom of the wicked witch of the West. And the thing is that's great in this story is all the servants know the truth. He goes to Israel because his slave girl says, oh, father, there'll be someone who could heal you in Israel. Even his servants understand they're asking you to be humble, not to do some great deed. Now, I know some guys who read this story get pedicures and they can't relate to this. But sorry, you guys, sorry to say this, but I don't think that means you're necessarily more more spiritually mature. I have a friend who does get pedicures. I can't believe it, but he does. But if he has a friend over and his friend says, hey, I'll cook on the grill for you, he says, do I look like an idiot? I can do that. He he doesn't want to give up that thing. He doesn't want to let someone else serve him. He doesn't want to look like an idiot. It's sort of like, I don't mind paying someone else to do my taxes. Other things, people, it's stupid that I do my taxes. But I mow my own lawn. I work on my own car. I fix my plumbing. I add circuits to the electrical panel. So I do a set of things myself that I wouldn't want someone else to do. But there's always something we're simply too embarrassed to get help with. 
and spiritually that is our kryptonite. In today's world, we don't want to admit that there's something wrong with us, something corrupted inside us, something weak, something sinful. We are in a spiritual poverty that none of us will admit. Now, we've all heard that in Jesus' day, the feet, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a hot climate, feet probably stunk. The, the law was you couldn't even ask your Jewish slave to untie your sandals or to wash your feet. Maybe you could ask one of those barbarian dogs, but you couldn't ask a Jewish slave. And that's why John the Baptist's comment was so counterculture-cultural when he says, I am unworthy to untie the sandals of the one who's coming after me, Jesus. Every culture has their own hidden veins, not of gold, but of pride. For the Jews, it was their bloodlines. It was genetics in a certain sense. I'm Jewish. And John says, even in your Jewishness, even though you are sons and daughters of Abraham, you're still dirtier. I hate to say this. You're dirtier than a slave. If you try to wash his feet, you will only make his feet dirtier. That's what John the Baptist is saying. He says, I'm unworthy to untie his sandals. I will make him dirtier. Although our culture doesn't want to feel dirty or sinful or broken, And since we don't feel that bad, we're, of course, very happy to wash the feet of other people. But Jesus says if we don't let him wash our feet, our feet, him do it, then our efforts will spread that contamination. It will not bring cleanness. And we just don't want to admit it. We don't. We don't. I don't. I wrote this. I don't want to do it. I don't want to admit it. I would so much rather wash Jesus' feet than have him wash mine. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, the thought of it to me is just like... Jesus, I, I, like Peter, I want to say, I can't let you do this. I just can't let you do this. And Jesus says, Sam, that's a contamination in your heart. That's a contamination in your heart. You have to, you have to understand your need so viscerally. They say, I, I will do anything. I will, let, I will even let you wash my feet because I am in such desperate need of you. And the thing is, this is not just a one time. It's not, well, I used to have dirty feet, but now that Jesus has cleaned me, I can go out and wash all the other feet. Jesus at that time says, you know, because Peter then says, hey, listen, don't just wash my feet, wash everything, wash my whole body. And Jesus says, look at those who have been washed, those who have been bathed only had need to have their feet continually washed. In other words, Jesus is not saying, okay, now that you've had your feet washed once, you're fine. Jesus says we have to, we need a continual broken heart. a a continual desperation for him, a continual cleaning of our pride to bring us humility. And only then in that light can we go and wash the feet of others safely. And yes, 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 Jesus does call us to wash the feet of others. And I honestly, that's what I want to do much more than have someone wash mine. But I have to be in constant reminder that I continually need Jesus to wash my feet. I need the kind of humility, meekness, brokenness, sense of my own unworthiness. I I need this continually. Otherwise, I'm just going to spread a self-conceited mission of my greatness and doing you a great deed, just like Naaman. You know, it's a hard message to say, I am that needy that I continue to need him washing my feet. But on the other hand, when we reach this point, what a delight, what a delight 
that Jesus would delight to wash our feet and call us his friend. I look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it. And visit our website, beliefsoftheheart.com, for more articles, books, videos, podcasts, and courses, all designed to foster intimate theology, deepening a real relationship with the real God who is there. See you next week.